Hi, and welcome back to Klutzy Jabber with Kaylee J. I'm your host, Kaylee J. On today's episode, we are going to talk about something in education that I see as not great, I guess is the nicest way to put it. Um, and it's specifically like from the view of a teacher and things that you learn about teaching when it comes to the first couple of days of school. And the funny thing is, I literally just saw TikTok videos about this this past week, and I'd already planned on doing this podcast. So it kind of, you know, it was like, okay, have to do this now because this is what people are talking about. So, so the TikTok community, thank you. Uh, I will be doing another podcast in the near future about common misconceptions of teachers and teaching. But today's episode, like I said, is all about that first day expectation of ritual. So many times I've sat in professional developments where they talk about the first day of school and what you should do and what you shouldn't do and what you should focus on and what you shouldn't focus on. But about two years ago, I sat in one and the presenter just really got under my skin. And in talking with a lot of new teachers, because I do mentor a lot of new teachers, I realized that I wasn't alone in why this happened. So I'm in this professional development I'm listening, I'm, you know, being attentive. I'm a great, you know, I, I, I am a great listener when it comes to my educational future. I always want to do my best and learn more for my kids. And, you know, he was very adamant about you have to hit the ground running. You know, if you play games or do activities on the first day of school, like you can't be surprised when the kids come in like two days, three days, a week later, whatever, and aren't ready to learn. I'm like, Okay, who pissed in your Cheerios? Um, and, you know, by and large, I guess I kind of do something to what he meant. Um, but I still have an issue with it. Because for me, those first couple of days are about building classroom community. And my classroom community is not built around reading. I mean, I love reading. And my class is English. But for me, my classroom is built around communication, honesty, and getting to know each other and being open-minded. And that's not going to come if we don't have those first couple of days where it's a little more relaxed. So taking it back a little bit farther back in my educational teaching journey, when I first started teaching, I really didn't know how to do the first day. I had an internship. It was an amazing internship. I'm forever grateful to my clinical teacher for all that she taught me. Um, But, I mean, outside of, like, here's your syllabus, you know, go around the room sort of activities, I was like, you know, how how do we break the mold? So when I first started teaching, my very first day of school, I'd go over the syllabus. um, I would go over, like, classroom expectations. And then I had students setting up their roles. And... Two things happened from this that I did not realize could be an issue or were an issue until a lot later in the year. A, they didn't know each other or they did know each other and they made rules because they knew each other. So it was setting up a very like broken up classroom. Um, Or they just didn't feel like they could be open and honest with me because I was the teacher and they just didn't know where I stood on like okay so she's actually letting us make the rules what's the hard line so when 
I, you know, went back to the drawing board and I really thought about it. I still wanted the classroom to be an us classroom. I don't have a classroom. I didn't want a classroom where I was the teacher, they were the students, and there was this huge separation of what I could do and what they could do. And that's really how I saw teaching throughout grade school was, you know, it was like, you know, your parents telling you, well, I can do it because I'm an adult. Well, you know, and I can't speak for every grade level because I've only ever taught high school. But from a high school perspective, that argument doesn't fly, like at all. Kids won't let it happen. Um, so, you know, I went back to the drawing board. I didn't want to do the first day rituals. I mean, especially when you teach high school, you see, you know, roughly, you know, five classes a day or more. Your kids see more between the two first days of school. Um, if you are an AB, if you're a, a four by four, then you're, you're seeing three classes, your students are seeing four. And I just, so I wanted something different than the M&Ms. I wanted something different than like your, you know, tell me your favorite thing or something you take on a trip that starts with the first letter of your first name. And that might be my own bias kicking in because, I mean, my name is Kaylee and it's spelled with a K for those of you who don't get where Clutzy comes from and Clutzy Jabber. Um, and so, yeah, coming up with things you can take on a trip that start with a K that aren't like completely off the wall random gave you a lot of anxiety. And my entire hope and purpose with the first day of school and setting up this community of communication and honesty in my classroom was to take away some of that anxiety that exists within the classroom for a lot of high school and grade school students. And so I flipped the script and I do something that every year gets a very interesting reaction out of my kids. And I love it. Um, and it's called the assumptions game. And this might be a real game. I have no honest to God idea. I just came up with it and ran with it and my kids love it. They think it's hilarious and I will definitely share some of the things they say um, here in a second. But what this game pretty much entails is they come in on the first day and, you know, we do the normal, they usually do a Google form or an index card. They give me their name, their nicknames, preferred pronouns, allergies, any things that I should know, birthday, e email address that they use, even if the school gives them an email address and like whatever email address actually you look at, give it to me. Because um, we also do a mini lesson on like appropriate email addresses and appropriate, how you write an appropriate email. Um, because again, I teach high schoolers. And then as they're submitting them and turning them in, I put a blank document on the screen and I stand right next to it. And I usually have my computer in hand or my computer nearby or I'll have my um, portable keyboard with me. And I just stand there for a second and I stare at them and, you know, I look at their faces and I'm trying to, you know, I'm like, okay. I also use this time because usually they're talking to each other. So I'm like, okay, who's friends with who? And then once, you know, I get enough cards or I have enough submissions on the Google form, I ask a very important question. What do you know about me? And, you know, they always go with the obvious. They go with my name, what I teach, that I'm a teacher. Um, they look around the room. They, like, know what baseball team I like. They can pick up with some things. Um, you know, I'm very quote-inspired. I have a lot of quotes most of them aren't surprisingly from books um but I do have a lot of quotes around my classroom so they pick up on the things like that oh I just need a mic sorry guys and then they get a second question and my question is okay based off of what you see and what you know or think you know what what assumptions can you make and I will admit I am someone who has some pretty thick skin um 
and that's always kind of the fun part of this. So if you do not have thick skin, hello, A, you're teaching teenagers, know your audience, um, and B, be smart about it. Um, but I do have really thick skin. I tell them at the beginning, you know, I can take it, just, you know, be school appropriate. I'm going to type down everything you say, true or not, and then we're going to go over it. And things that I've gotten is, you know, I look like I drive a Prius. I look like I drive a Ford truck. Um, neither being true, <laughs> just for the record. I look like I'm a cat lady. I look like I, you know, enjoy watching Netflix on a Friday night instead of going out. I, you know, I look like I have a lot of siblings. I look like I have two kids. Um, and it was really fun this past year with the pandemic because <laughs> teaching it virtually and then getting to meet some of my virtual kids in person when we moved to hybrid, a lot of them thought I was taller than I am, <laughs> which I don't understand how the how a computer screen can somehow make me taller. Um, but I'm here for it. So, you know, it's fun things like that. Um, so we make a list. Some of them or like maybe a page. I always double space them so that like I can separate them out in my head. And they also do like what music I might listen to, what they think my, my um, nationality or background is, culturally speaking. Um, and then I do my introduction. So I do my introduction of me, who I am, where I'm from, where I went to school. Uh, it's a nice little PowerPoint slide. Some of it answers, you know, some of the assumptions they made to be true or false. Um, and then I do truth, 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 and a lie. Um, you know, and they get to figure out which one is that. So that kind of usually breaks some of the things down even more. And then I go back to the assumptions and we go through and we have a laugh. Like, I, and I ask them, like one that I've gotten probably the most out of any of my other ones is Cat Lady. And I have nothing against cats. I mean, they're cute, I guess. <laughs> um, but I am definitely a dog person. I love dogs. If I had my way and, you know, money was not an ob object... Um, I would have like 12 dogs in my tiny, tiny house. Um, but you know, it is what it is. So I do ask them sometimes, like when I get ones like that, like, what is it about me and what you see of me or what you hear out of my voice makes you think that I'm a cat lady. Currently it's in the bangs. I do have the side, side bangs, side swept bangs, um, and low key, that's just because I got made fun of a lot in college, or in high school and in middle school for having a really large forehead that my nickname was Five Head. Um, so the bangs kind of came as like a protective unit, which is also probably why I have really thick skin when it comes to my, my students. But anyways, I digress. Um, so yeah, so apparently having side swept bangs means you're a cat lady. Fun fact of the day. Um, but it's, you know, it's an opportunity for them to get to know me, get to kind of break down the, you know, wall um, which is another thing that I hear all the time is don't smile until, you know, winter break the hill who pissed in some of these people's Cheerios, man. Like for real though. Um, I love having a good time. I love teaching and I want my students to know that. And so for me, smiling is a part of that. I mean, if you're having a good time and you're not smiling, I've got questions. Um, but that's another thing. If you're new to teaching or if this is going to be your first year completely into in classroom because your first year of teaching was a pandemic and I am so sorry for you. Um, please smile. Please welcome your students. You know, 
the biggest thing is, and maybe this is why I'm so against the whole don't smile until X date, is we don't know what our students are going through outside of our classroom, especially not on the first day or second day of school. And that smile might really help them through some stuff. That smile saying like, hey, you know, I'm happy to see you, you know, smiling at them really helps break down whatever might be going on in their head. And so please, you know, I'm not saying like, you know, <laughs> smile like the clown from it uh, <laughs> or anything. But, you know, if you want to laugh and have fun, laugh and have fun. Um, I mean, that's, you know, the best thing we can do for our kids is set that as the standard. Don't set, you know, from day one we work and we don't stop working until that last day. You know, show them that there's, it's all about balance. Life is about balance. You work, yes, you need to work to make money. You need to work to have a life. But you need to have happiness and you need to have moments of joy and laughter to live. And that, I think, is, especially as a teacher, is something we definitely need to be showing our students. Um, another really cool activity that I do usually on day one, but if day one gets, you know, too far into it, I do on day two before we set, before we set student rules. Um, and after I've told them my eight rules, uh, for surviving Miss J is what I call it. Um, which is from eight simple rules for dating your teenage daughter, which again, ages myself because my students don't know what that is. They think Kaylee Cuoco is from Big Bang Theory and that's fine. I, I'm, I can be more or less old to my students is cool um is zip zap zap and not zip zap zap that's a theater game my brain guys zip zap zap is fun though and it's a great little brain break um so if you want to know what that is shoot me an email and i will gladly do a podcast on that as well um but it's one two three and this is something i did actually learn in a professional development um and it's also really good about growth mindset which is something i stress in my classroom and stress in my daily life uh, one of my most annoying, the most annoying things that I hear both from students and from adults is I've always been doing this way. I can't change or I've never been good at it, so I won't be good at it. And that fixed mindset really, really, really is like, to me, one of the most toxic traits in our culture. Um, and it's even so much as that it goes and it gets passed down through generations. And that is one thing that I am beyond blessed <laughs> to have my parents because my parents aren't good at everything. Um, if you, if you two are listening, I'm sorry to break that bubble to you. Um, but they didn't say, you know, I'm not good at X. So Kaylee won't be either. Uh, so many times I sit in meetings and parents have that frame of reference. I wasn't good at math. So that's why my kid's not good at math. I wasn't good at English. So my kid's not gonna be good at English. I didn't like reading. So my kid doesn't like reading. Um, if that was true, I, hmm, my life would be very different. My mother loved reading, and I did not always like reading, which is, you know, the fun thing that keeps on giving to my students, um, is that I understand them where they are and where they can be, and that's all about growth mindset. So, yeah, so one, two, three um, is about accepting when you don't do well, and the rules get harder as the game goes on, but then once they get harder and you have to get faster, the time then you go back and do the basic level, but you do it faster, um, with your partner and you realize how easy that basic level was, even though you were making mistakes. And every time you or your partner makes mistakes, you celebrate it. So I have kids go like, woo, or before COVID, they high-fived or fist bumped. 
Um, I did not do it this year, A, because we were hybrid pretty much the entire year, and B, because high-fiving and fist-bumping is not a thing, um, and you can really stand close, because you do have to kind of, they do face each other. Um, but it's just a cool experience to kind of watch them, like, you know, because the first couple of times they're like, woo, you know, oh, I'm going to be really quiet, because I'm supposed to be celebrating the fact that I was the one that messed up. But by the end of it, they're laughing, they're having a good time, they're like, oh, you know, they're calling each other on it. Um, and then I have them do it against me. <laughs> And I tell them, I'm like, you can pick which level we're going to do. So it's like, you know, level one through four. And I, you know, we have a good time. The kids get all into it. It's a really awesome experience. And so it really just builds a growth mindset, which is a huge part of my community, uh, which I will be doing a podcast on what it is, what I'm talking about, and, you know, how you can implement it at any level and even outside of the high school classroom or out of the classroom entirely. I mean, I implement it in my personal life. I didn't do X today, but I can do it tomorrow. Um... And I think it's a great thing, especially with mental health, which is one of the reasons that I teach besides the growth mindset benefits in education is because especially with people with students with anxiety, social anxiety, educational anxiety, settings, whatever, you get it in your head like I'm not good at I didn't do well or I didn't do that. You know, I didn't turn this assignment in today. So now I never can turn it in um, or I'm never going to be able to do this or things like that. And so that's really where it comes in. But also because they're having those interactions with their classmates, they're getting to have that bonding with their classmates. When I ask them, okay, now that you know my rules, you see kind of how my classroom from a environment perspective, not from a, you know, curriculum perspective, they know what the curriculum is, especially in high school. It's English. They know what English is. Um, what, you know, what, what rules do you think we need to have? What rules do you think would make this classroom have this kind of modality, this kind of mood every week. And I do tell them, I'm like, you do have ultimate veto and we do put like contingencies. So like you're allowed to drink or eat unless, you know, constant messes are left behind and then that can be taken away. So there is like a, you know, back and forth. And I think this does help because I don't have a lot of disciplinary issues, knock on wood, in my classroom. Um, but I think that's because they know where the lines are and they help create the lines. So they're not my rules, they're our rules. And that gives them kind of a sense of ownership. Um, and we revisit them throughout the year and we talk about them. But the, to me, that's what a first day should be. So if you want to, you know, if you want to try the assumptions game with your kids, especially if you teach high school, they will get a kick out of it. I promise. Do it. Um, if not, I'm not saying like, you know, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. I'm not saying like, you know, if something's working for you and you like it, that it's wrong. That's not what this podcast is about. It's just introducing another voice to the conversation. Um, when I introduce what I do on the first couple of days to other teachers, they always like it. They always want to kind of borrow it and tweak it. Uh, instead of doing assumptions about themselves, they do assumptions about like the course that they teach, especially if they teach like an elective um, and this can be like an academic elective, like, you know, biology two, um, or astronomy, or it can be, you know, a true elective, like, you know, fashion marketing, you know, what do you think fashion marketing would look like in the high school classroom? You know, what do you think we're going to do over the course of the school year? And that way you guys, you know, you kind of get to have that conversation, you know, what do they know? What do they think they understand to be true? And you get to kind of set up what, you know, what path is going to exist for them. Um, but my biggest issue 
like I said at the start of this podcast, the reason I wanted to do this podcast is because I always, always see at the beginning, around the beginning of every year, people going, okay, you know, I'm being told that I can't. We have enough canters in this world. We have enough people with that fixed mindset. And the beautiful thing about education, the thing that I love most about what I do every day is no two days are the same. If we keep listening to every I can't or you shouldn't, that's, you know, not about an actual rule or legislation or regulation, we're going to lose that individuality that comes with education. So if you have questions, if you want to know more about my assumptions game, what it looks like, assumptions that can be made, um, rules and limitations that I have set, to pretty much make sure your assumptions are school appropriate, make sure they aren't, you know, extremely rude. But then again, I've been repeatedly told I look like a cat lady in her late 30s, early 40s. So, you know, take some, leave some. Or if you have any questions about anything else I've said or have said or shared on this podcast, please don't hesitate to reach out to Klutzy Jabber, spelled the way it is in my podcast title, at gmail.com. I'll respond to you as soon as possible. Until next time, this has been Klutzy Jabber with your host, Kaylee J. I am your host, Kaylee J. Take care. 